time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready, ready to go. go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now, because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello everybody, welcome to the Positively Podcast. I'm so glad you can join me again this week and again, I have an amazing guest for you. Her name is Debbie Matthews and she is the creator of Fern's Law and Vets Get Scanning and if you don't live in the UK, you might not have heard about this, but Keep listening because this is really important stuff. Now, I first met Debbie, I think it was in 2006, when we filmed with her and her lovely husband, Richard, and their two dogs, their two Yorkshire Terriers, Widget and Gizmo. And if you want to see that episode, you can hop on over to the YouTube channel. It's me or the dog YouTube channel, where a lot of the episodes are up there now and, uh, and, and see the story. But... In a nutshell, Widget and Gizmo had been stolen and recently returned. They'd become very anxious because of their ordeal. And I had gone in to help Debbie and Richard get them back on the right track. But there is much more to this story. And that's why I'm excited to have Debbie here to tell it to you. She is the most amazing lady. I've known her for many, many years. Of course, after we filmed... Uh, I kept in contact with her, and since then, she has been on a mission, because that's what it is, and it's, it's, it's not an easy one, to ensure that all vets and rescues, any organization that finds a dog or has a dog in their surgery, scans, that, comp- that, that scanning the microchip is compulsory. So without further ado, and to explain it better, Welcome, Debbie, to the podcast. Oh, thank, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> so could you tell people a little bit about, can we, can we talk about Fern's Law to begin with and then move back from there? Okay, well, Fern's Law, I've been campaigning, as you know, for years to try and get the vets to scan and check microchip ID at first presentation. Um, and it's a really hard concept to get over to people because we've been told for so many years to microchip our pets, that to be responsible pet owners. Um, so everybody always thinks the petition is about microchipping your pet, and it's not. It's about asking the authorities and vets and rescues to check the microchip registration, which we all assume is already being done. Fern was actually a dog who was stolen uh, seven years ago now. And uh, she was found at the side of the road last year. Uh, she'd been dumped. She'd been used for breeding. Um, very kind man picked her up and took her straight to the vet. And stray dogs do get scanned straight away. So she was scanned and her owner, Jodie, was phoned. And it was Fern. She went back home, which was absolutely brilliant. The whole of Facebook lit up when, when Fern was reunited. And uh, when she went to her own vet to have Fern checked over, it turned out that she'd had a medical treatment during that six years, which proved our point that 
if a dog is taken into a vet, they should be checked. Uh, their microchip ID should be checked to make sure pet and owner match. It, it's as simple as that. Um, so that's why we call it Fern's Law. Um, and we've got a new petition in the UK now, which is just at 36,000 signatures, but we need 100,000 to get to Parliament. But we're positive we're going to do it. How long do you have to get it up to 100,000 signatures? Uh, we've got until the 4th of September. So we've got another couple of months. So although we should be halfway there by now, so we're, we're pushing. We're really try, begging people just to sign it for us. We're going to put the link if you are in the UK and you um, can, we, we, we ask you to please sign this petition. We're going to put the link on the podcast page so that you can just click the link and go onto the page and sign the petition because it's really, really important. Now you've experienced the loss of the, two of your dogs, Magic and Gizmo, were stolen. So you've experienced what it's like to be a pet owner and have your dogs stolen from you. Could you tell us, the people who are listening from other parts of the world that might not know about your story, could you tell us a little bit about it? Well, uh, like back in 2006, it wasn't a big deal to leave your dog in a car. Um, it wasn't a hot day. I'd gone out shopping. I was picking up some cakes to have some tea with my father who lived not far away. I went into a big store uh, which was very busy. You could see the car from the car park. There were car washers walking around. Uh, it was in May, so it was a nice day. Um, and when I came out to my car, um, there were two men standing beside it. And as I was, I thought, what are they doing standing there? Widget and Gizmo are going to be going mad. And I started to walk slowly. And I started to run because I could see the passenger door of the car was was gone. I could just see it was had been smashed. I ran, which seemed like to take me forever. You go into slow motion in panic. And when I got to the car, I started shouting to them, are my dogs okay? Are my dogs okay? They looked in the car and they said, what dogs? And uh, that moment stays with me today. And um, the, the devastation, uh, the guilt, the, um, it's just a, it's your children being stolen, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the next thing to your own family. Well, they are family members. They are a part of us. Um, and the, the two men said, oh, the police want to speak to you to see what you had in the car that was valuable. And um, spoke to the police sobbing and they're saying, what, what did you leave in the car? I said, my dogs. And they said, well, no, no, what did you leave in the car that was valuable? And I said, <gasps> my dogs. <laughs> my dogs were in the car. No, no, no. Did you leave a laptop, a purse, a handbag? I said, my dogs were in the car. Oh, no, they might have jumped out. I said, no, they're Yorkshire Terriers. They wouldn't have jumped out of the car. So, anyway, well, they said to me, well, as it's only dogs, we won't come out. And um, that was that, really, from the police. I, I went into the store and they, because my car had to be fixed for me to drive. I had to phone my father up to come and pick me up. Um, but... That was the start of this journey. And when I did get a crime reference number, I got a crime reference number because my car had been broken into. I found out that pet theft wasn't a crime in its own right. So, but car theft is. And I, I never understood that. I still don't. And we're still trying to change the law of that in England. And hopefully we're going to get there soon. But it's quite devastating, really. I, I then went online. I found Jane Hayes at Dog Lost, which is a big um, 
website which has been going since 2004 and it was back then if you can remember what 2006 was like on the internet it was very new i mean you didn't have social media or anything so she was the only place i could find to help and uh, when i spoke to her she said oh well as they're seven years old they're new to they'll be sold on quickly i went great fantastic well i'll get them back when they go to the vets and she was the one who told me well no vets don't check microchip registration when they when they get taken in for the first time and i was i was horrified then and today 14 years on with all the thefts that we have in the uk that it still isn't um compulsory to check microchips is dreadful i mean it's just i think it's appalling it, it's it's shocking to me it, it it's something that should seem so simple why is it taking so long for this to be brought into law why is compulsory scanning and checking micro microchips um on that first presentation why is that so difficult well I've heard every excuse in the book, as you can imagine, over the years from BVA and Royal College. Um, it's uh, the first thing is that, that they say they don't have the time. Now, can you imagine telling someone with a stolen dog that you don't have time to check microchips? Can you imagine what can you understand what that sounds like to somebody? I mean, it's just so now the new excuses are. Um, that uh, they don't have the right to tell their members to scan. They can only recommend as best practice. And that's what they've been saying for the last couple of years. So that's why we're now going to the government to add the le legislation to the compulsory dog microchipping regulations. Um, and the, in the UK, they're actually considering uh, making it compulsory to, scan, to microchip cats. So if they don't sort this out, we've still got the, the problem. Well, actually, the problem gets worse. It gets a bigger problem um, with all the cats that are now going to suddenly be microchipped but won't get home. And, and it's common sense. And they're, they're, in a way, they're protected because we all assume that the microchipping system is working the way we believe it to be. And it's not. Tell us, going back to Widget and Gizmo, how did you get them back? Um, and for people in the UK who know Bruce Forsyth, um, they, they, they'll probably remember the campaign. There are people who's listening, who are listening outside of the UK and might not know who Bruce Forsyth is. Can you tell us the story? It is truly remarkable that you got Widget and Gizmo back. Well, um, after I'd done a lot of stuff with Jane, we, we I think we got about 5,000 posters up in the area. I was, we just posted, we plastered posters on any, everything. And we were working our way outwards. Um, I spoke to Jane and uh, as you said, my father was Bruce Forsyth, um, very well known in the UK. And uh, he was going to go on television. And this was in a couple of days of them being stolen. And I said to, told Jane, and I said, look, he wants to know, should he mention the dogs? Should he talk about the dogs? And she said, well, I would give it a week, let them be sold on as they're seven, neutered, let them sell them on. They won't keep them for breeding. Um, they'll just want the cash for them. Uh, so give it a week. So we kept quiet. Um, we didn't say anything to the press, although the press did pick the story up because my father came to pick me up in the store and he'd been recognized, obviously. Um, and we said, please give us a week. We just want them to be sold on so that they're safe. 
and uh, we went with the, I think it was the Daily Mirror was the first newspaper that we did. That evening we did the BBC News with Natasha, uh, Natasha Kaplinsky and then GMTV, a, a morning program picked it up and they did a live, uh, um, a live uh, set from the house and we did an appeal for the dogs and the first morning the guy who'd bought Widget was watching and we got Widget back. The second morning we had Widget with us, which was just remarkable. And we said, right, the second Yorkie's little, he's naughty, he'll be barking at everything. As you know, Victoria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anybody else buy a Yorkshire Terrier in the Hayes area? And that morning the lady who'd bought Gizmo was watching and we got Gizmo back. And I can't tell you, it was a miracle. I mean, without my father... I would never have known what had happened to them, that's for sure. Their microchips wouldn't have brought them home, uh, but my father did. And thank goodness for him. I mean, Bruce Forsyth, I grew up watching Bruce Forsyth. He's probably, I mean, he's an absolute legend. He passed away how many years ago now? Was it? Um, it's just two years ago two now. Two years ago he passed away, but he, he was beloved in the United Kingdom as one of the sort of the premier entertainers he was part of part of uk folklore it was just i mean just he was everything he was he was an amazing he, man now he's in the guinness book of records for being the longest surviving entertainer on television i think it's something ridiculous really, like that how many years how many years was he well, on television i'm not sure when he started it's got i can't even remember how many years it is but he was Sunday night at the Palladium um, was probably in his 20s, late 20s. Wow. And he was doing Strictly Come Dancing until five years ago. Yeah. So uh, just amazing career. He just hit every generation. It was wonderful, he, wonderful. He, he did. And he was, he was one of that sort of those, those entertainers to never be repeated, never, because, because it's almost like you can't get an entertainer like that anymore. Um, no. he, he did everything. He sang, he danced, he did the generation game. He, I mean, he was, he was, he was amazing. But then, I mean, he's your dad at the end of the day. And he wanted to help his daughter find, get the, get your dogs back. And, and thank goodness he did. Now, when they got back to you, how had their behavior changed? Well, it was quite interesting because I was just talking to someone the other day about this, that Widget was more or less, because he was quite laid back Widget. He sort of went with the flow. Gizmo was a different kettle of fish. He, um, when I first got him back, when the lady was holding him and I was dying to grab him back <laughs> to get hold of him, he just sat and he didn't move a muscle. It was almost like he was saying to me, so why did you let this happen to me? What did you do that for? You know, it was like, I could see him thinking, you know, why, why did that just happen to me? Um, so it took him a bit of time. The first few weeks we were just exhausted. It was like we'd been in a nightmare. Um, and then gradually, as you saw, what happened to me in the UK was that I just, shut the curtains i didn't go out i was very frightened about walking with them if i did walk with them gizmo would attack anybody with a baseball cap and a rucksack on uh stopping at traffic lights in the car they would go berserk in the car if anybody walked near the car obviously you know it was yes but 
instead of me trying, as you told me very nicely, that it was actually my fault because I was continuing the agony for them instead of working to stop it. With your help, I managed to get out the house, open the curtains, <laughs> drive in the car. You gave me, you know, wonderful years with those boys and uh, I'll always thank you for that. It was incredible what you did with them. Well, I mean, it's understandable though that you'd all been through a trauma. And I think part of that sort of that stillness when you first saw him, that stillness was just shut down. And that's what, that, that is a response to a traumatic event is just shut down. And, um, and then the sort of the hibernation as it were, trying to not wanting to go out, not wanting to, to render yourself vulnerable because going outside is being more vulnerable to, to what can happen outside and, or in the car, that memory of being taken out of the car. So, um, I mean, I totally understood where you were coming from and how difficult it was for you. And I'm glad that we could work and get you back to where you could, you could become more confident again and they could become more confident confident again about being outside and, and live life again. And so, you know, I can give the information, but it's you who has to do the work and, and, you, and you did. And so I applaud you for that. Now, after that, after your experience, you then created Vets Get Scanning. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it was a couple of months afterwards and uh, Richard said to me, if there was anything you could change about the system, what would it be? And my one thing would be that if a stolen or missing dog was taken into a vet's with a new owner, that they would be scanned in the microchip checked. It was as simple as that. And I thought it was a fairly simple ask. I didn't think there would be a big problem with it because dog theft wasn't that big then in the UK. You'd heard a few stories, um, but nothing. I, with my story, you had the car window being smashed, the dogs were taken, they had been sold on to, to new owners and I got them back. So I had a complete story and I didn't want to let that opportunity go by because it would help so many other people. Um, first of all, telling people not to leave their dog, dogs in cars, which obviously today, you know, an awful lot more people know about and don't leave them tied up outside shops. But dog thieves don't just take dogs from shops and cars you know we've got break-in house break-ins here in the UK we've got dogs being taken on walks we've got kennels being broken into we've had vicious attacks where people have been, a little puppy that's been taken at knife point um, it's big business here now you know it's really sad and uh, most of all the dogs are microchipped um, and they can get home but if they're sold on to new families they're not going to get home. You know, they'll just disappear forever. This loophole just takes them and doesn't give them back. So it, it's so it's so it's so easy though. If that family that they acquire this dog in some way, they take them to the vet. It's so easy, isn't it, for the vet just to scan and and I mean, you would have. I I, don't, I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend why this is not this is not mandatory even before you taking it to the government, that the BVA and the RCVS would not say, look, we require all of our members to do this, period, done, finished. 
Well, that's that's what we want, you know. And the, the time issue is that you what happens is when you scan a dog, the microchip number comes up. You then have to check the database. So that's the time issue for them. Um, but there are vets that are doing it. There's actually we've actually got a vet nurse who's got her dog is was stolen just before Christmas, and she gets it, you know, and has pleaded with the vet profession. She had a lovely article in the Vet Times about it. You know, please can we all start checking microchip registration? It can be done, um, and uh, there is no excuse. There is just no excuse. Uh, so could you? Could, you, could we go back to this pet theft debate and pet theft reform? You're working with Dr. Daniel Allen on this, aren't you? Um, and that it, it is, again, it just, it blows my mind that when your dogs, when Widget and Gizmo were taken, that, that the, 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 they didn't seem to be as concerned as you know, the car break-in or the car this or the, 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 did you have something in the car that they would have, it, it seemed like the animals were, that they were, they were, they weren't as important. Could you, could you tell me a little bit about pet theft reform and what that means? Well, um, our dogs in British law um, come under um, their goods and chattels. So if they're stolen, it comes under the Theft Act and they they work out the punishment if these people are ever caught by the value of the item that's taken so our dogs are valued at under 500 pounds as second-hand goods so if a, if someone does go to court which we had last year for stealing two pugs he was fined 250 pounds and paid 400 pound costs and both dogs are still missing now the government say that the Theft Act is working fine. Well, that doesn't equate to us that that's the proper punishment for someone who's taken dogs. And it's certainly not a deterrent to other thieves. And what we're asking for is a proper deterrent. We want the minimum standard um, custodial sentence of two years. Um, so it stops the, the crime from happening in the first place. You know, at the moment, there's nothing. It's if you, you know, 250 pound fine, is it worth stealing a dog? Absolutely, 100% it is, when you can probably get more money for them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, and so... Uh, so we've, got, we've um, just had our second successful petition with that, and we've just made history in Parliament by having the per first pet theft debate um, via Zoom, which was unbelievable. So um, we're hoping they've put the tape together and they then send that to the minister. So we, I can't see how the minister can possibly say no. We've had, we have Professor John Cooper, QC, the lawyer who knows law, obviously. Uh, Dr. Dan, we have Beverly Cuddy on, um, a lady who's got a stolen dog at the moment. It was a one very powerful case put forward. Um, so now we wait to see what response we get. But um, that, that was amazing that we made history. Let's hope we get good response from it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, 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 I hope you, I hope you will, and and you absolutely should. Now, for Fern's Law, though, we need to get up to a hundred thousand. We need the petition to get up by September to a hundred thousand signatures. So, if you are listening to this, 
Um, and right now, I want you to go on and I want you to go Google Ferns Law UK if you're outside. Well, I think you can only sign the petition if you're in the UK or UK, you're a British citizen. Um, but you go to Ferns Law, Google it, and um, it will bring you to, it will say sign the petition. It's um, parliament, let me just see, parliament.uk slash petitions. Um, if you go into Ferns Law, then um, it says sign this petition, please sign it and show your support so that we can, there is a law that is passed, legislation is passed, that vet, vets will scan microchips and check on the database that the people who bring these dogs in are in fact their family or you know, if they have just newly adopted the dog, and we're not saying this every time, is it? We're not saying you have to scan the microchip every single time, but if it's no, a new it's, client, a new dog brought into a vet, yeah. then scan it and look at the database. Yeah, and we're, we're saying that for dogs that haven't been checked, that they already have on their books, they could check those at their annual health, health check or vaccination time, because obviously there's a, thousands and thousands of dogs that are missing that will be with other families. And it's going to be heartbreaking, but this should have been done at the start. If they had adopted this 14 years ago, then we wouldn't be having this problem. No, it should have been done. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe it's been 14 years. Um, you have a website that people can go to to find out more information. What is that website? That's Vets Get Scanning, which is a mouthful for people, but vetsgetscanning.co.uk. Fantastic. Now tell us about uh, Widget and Gizmo now. I mean, they've passed on. They, um, gosh, they lived a long, a long, happy life, didn't they? Yes, I had the, uh, Widget, Gizmo died uh, four years ago now. He was 15 and Widget died a couple of years before that. But, um, and I still miss them. <laughs> I think that that experience really bonded. I know everybody's always bonded with their dogs, but that uh, I see their little faces all the time. You know, I, and uh, with dog theft so bad here, you know, every time somebody's lost a dog, that moment comes back to me. So they're always with me in my head and everything. But now, now I've got a miniature schnauzer called Pepper, who is a joy. I couldn't go back to Yorkies. They were making me too sad. So uh, we, we changed breed and she's lovely. She's just a beautiful dog. I'm so, I'm so glad. And I'm so glad it had happy ending, but for a lot of people, it is not. And that's why this law needs to change. We need pet theft reform and we need Fern's law to pass in memory of Fern and every other dog that's been stolen and to help every other person who's had their dog stolen and has gone through the pain that Debbie and Richard went through when, when Debbie's dogs were stolen, that we need this. So we need you to sign the petition, Ferns Law UK. You have to be a British citizen in order to be able to sign the petition, but we urge you to do this. It needs to get to 100,000 signatures by September to have the chance to be debated in parliament, whether that's in person or on Zoom. It's probably still gonna be on Zoom, but um, congratulations that you said you made history with the first, first Zoom debate. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. It was really funny. After we'd been through, we'd been through Brexit, a new parliament, and then now COVID. So we were being pushed down the line so much. I think it was the only thing they could do for us. So we're very grateful to the petitions committee for doing that. I have a friend of mine who is um, part of our academy. She was walking her dog 
in a, an area where she walks her dogs a lot, sort of it's in the countryside and um, a guy comes along on his bicycle and tries to steal her dog. It was a border collie, tried to steal her dog. So uh, I, I've now heard so many stories of either dogs that have been stolen or dogs that have, uh, you know, people have been walking along and somebody has tried to steal their dog and, and it's happening more than you would know. And it's not just in the UK, it is in other countries. Here in the United States, we have a lot of pet theft too. Um, that's one of the reasons why folks, I do not like electric fences because doesn't matter what the companies are saying to you about how great and what freedom for your pet. Electric fences are a thief's best, um, what's the word, best invention because it's so easy to go onto the property when the dog is in the front yard and to go steal them because there is no actual solid fence to prevent them. So please, please, please uh, do take care of your pets and do, don't make it easy for these thieves to come and take your dogs. So that's what, that's Debbie, that's what we have problem here, especially when I, where I live in Atlanta, of people who do have electric fences and leaving their dogs out in the front yard of Slash Garden, and they, they're getting stolen um, because there's nothing to prevent a thief from just coming quickly onto the property and taking the dog. So, but this is what the companies aren't telling people. It's dreadful. Dr. Dan has lots of followers from America and when, when we first had the pet theft reform petition they were saying oh we wish we had something like this over here. Then we started the scanning petition and, and again they all said oh I wish we had something like this. What a great idea. Why isn't it being done? And you do think about other countries adopting this. You know you do want to keep your pets safe and, and you know, wherever your pet is stolen from, whatever country you live in, you want some sort of safeguard to get your pet back. And you want the laws there to stop it from happening in the first place. If, if you're in the UK and your dog gets stolen, what can you do? The first thing you, if it's been stolen, you phone the police and you get a, a crime reference number. You, um, must contact the animal warden here in the UK, your local animal warden. We work a lot with Dog Lost, as I said, who were there for me when I lost Widget and Gizmo, doglost.co.uk, get them on there, and then get on social media so many times. If a, if a dog has just been stolen or there's a new story, if Facebook gets hold of it and shares that story, so many dogs get back quickly because they're too hot to handle. Um, but some people are in for the long haul and you need to have all the crime reference number, uh, the warden, um, social media, poster, poster, poster your area because a lot of dogs are taken for the reward or for ransom. So once they see your posters come up, they will, they might call you and say, oh, I think I know someone who's got your dog da, 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 or I've just bought your dog off someone. You just want your dog back. So just, just get the information out there, poster everything in sight. Debbie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Really important information. And um, thank you for all the work you're doing. And I support you 100%. And I pray, pray, pray that, um, that pet theft reform passes and Fern's Law passes. And that, um, you know, after 14 years, 
that you will that, that that vets will now all vets it will now be mandatory that on that first presentation that they check and then check the that they scan and then check the database so for everybody vets get scanning.co.uk you can find out more information debbie thank you so much for joining me thank you for the opportunity and for raising awareness victoria thank you all right, take care everybody. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Really important information and um, thank you again. I hope you're staying safe and healthy and happy and I will see you next week. Take care everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter, at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.